0: Any fool can know, the point is to understand. Albert Einstein. what's up and welcome back to the latest coffee talk where we talk about everything from lifestyle, wellness, motivation, inspiration, spiritual, supernatural, all of the above. And today we're going to be doing a coffee brew, which feeds more into the lifestyle slash kind of general topic discussions. And today I wanted to talk about the idea of non-attachment. It's something that I've been looking into and reading about and I'm just, I really have been embracing the idea or at least trying to embrace the idea of non-attachment in my life. And I feel like it's something that has really helped me because i used to be somebody that tried to embrace the idea of not caring. I feel like it's like a very, you know, especially like a teenage thing to do where you're just like you pretend not to care about things or like you numb out how you naturally feel about things so that you can be resilient in the face of hardships or in the face of things that feel really hard. And again, that that was like that was very much the mentality i took on with a lot of things in my life as a teenager and in my early adulthood, but i also think that that is something that is sometimes kind of glamorized and romanticized in songs and in movies and in tv shows like there's always that one character that just seems so badass because they just don't give a shit right like they just like do whatever they want and nothing seems to affect them and they can be super resilient and very strong-willed in the face of things that seem to be pretty difficult and I guess just even myself just feeding into that sort of romanticizing idea of like oh if you just don't care then life is really easy and then trying that and then actually finding that it made life more difficult that seems to be what drew me into non-attachment and when i started getting into like yoga philosophy for instance and the idea of non-attachment was introduced to me in books and such i just fell in love because it isn't it's very different from the idea of not caring in the sense that it's actually Kind of the complete opposite. Really non-attachment is the idea of being able to hold space for however you feel or however however much you love or care about something without attaching to its outcome or to really what it gives you. So what exactly is non-attachment? Let's begin by discussing what it isn't. And it's not indifference. It's not any kind of like hate or any kind of negative outlook on something. It's also not not giving a shit. And it's funny if you guys ever have the chance or if you haven't read it yet, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck is pretty much the entire idea of what we're gonna be talking about today, but it's really just kind of choosing and being very particular about the things that you do care about, but also holding space for those things that you care about without putting too much emphasis on how they fill you up or too much emphasis on their outcome in your life. Now, it's nearly impossible to live a life of full detachment in big cities or with families, friends, goals, and dreams, and all of that. And especially to if you're a newcomer to non-attachment like myself, like I feel like it's one of those things that's like a muscle, you have to work at it, but it is something that is feasible and accessible to all of us. And it's an idea and a perspective on life that all of us can take. It's really having the capacity to be able to love and care about things without attaching to or to really embrace the impermanence of life is is the borderline root of non-attachment it's really having the courage to leave yourself open and to allow things to matter to you for the experience and for the value of it without attaching with the outcome and its relation to you. And more than not, especially if you're working that non-attachment muscle, because it's so hard to rewire our brains, it's not like it's something you can just snap your fingers and be like, okay, the outcome of this no longer matters to me, but it's really just bumping it down on the priority list until you're able to kind of sweep it away. You know what I mean? Just like not letting the outcome of whatever it is that you enjoy, whatever it is that brings you happiness or any kind of sense of fulfillment in your life, not letting the outcome of that thing and in its relation to you and your life matter more than the experience of that thing or the value that you get or the virtue that you get with that thing. So I'm going to keep going. I, I know that sounds really complicated, but by the end of this, I swear it'll make more sense. So let's discuss where this whole concept even comes from. Now, again, I kind of mentioned that I was introduced to the idea of non-attachment through yoga and yoga philosophy. I read the yoga sutras and I just remember hitting a point where it was like, I have a lot of it highlighted, but hitting a point And I remember highlighting the whole section on non-attachment and just being like, wow. Like just reading that, I felt a sense of freedom. Imagine if I could take that knowledge and actually embrace it and put it into my life. What more or how much more of a sense of freedom I could have. And it's funny because even that it's like, You can't attach to the idea of, okay, if I embrace non-attachment in my life, I'm going to have more joy because then you're attaching to joy. It's really a conundrum. But for thousands and thousands of years now, Buddhist monks have used the idea of non-attachment in order to reach their own spiritual enlightenment. So they literally detach from sometimes even their family, their cities, their like a sense of living in, a, in society, uh, belongings, possessions, and even going as far as detaching from your body or detaching from life, life in order to reach spiritual enlightenment. Now, unless your goal is spiritual enlightenment, then you don't have to not attach or detach or like, you know, in a sense of you don't have to let those things out of your life. You don't have to push those things away. You can actually keep those things in your life and still live your life exactly as you do now, but with a more, with a higher sense of freedom and a higher sense of joy by learning how to actually not attach to these things. And again, I just reminder that this doesn't mean that you don't care or that you don't love these things or that you don't respect or honor these things in your life, but it's really just not allowing yourself to need these things and again I really just want to emphasize that this isn't the idea of not caring or like super independence and like that even saying that you don't need those things we actually truly do it's just that you don't need it in order to find or feel that sense of fulfillment in yourself or a sense of value for yourself. Or, you know, it's like really kind of embracing the responsibility for your own happiness. So there's a story of a Zen master named Ryokin and he lived a super simple life in a little hut at the bottom of a mountain. And one day this thief comes and breaks into his little hut and then discovers that there's nothing in the hut for him to steal. And while this happens, Ryokin actually comes home and discovers the thief in his hut. So then Ryokin says to the... Thief, wow, you must have come a very long way to visit me. Here, take the clothes off my back as a gift. I won't let you go empty-handed. And the thief, who is kind of shocked, you know, kind of slumps away and just leaves. And so Ryokin sits under the moon, completely naked, and says, Poor fellow, I wish I could give him the beauty of the moon. And that entire story is the idea of enlightenment. You know, you might think, like, why would he do that? Why would he give his clothes? But for him, And and really, I mean, it's the biggest emphasis in that story is how he's saying to the moon, like, poor guy. Like, what do you mean, poor guy? He's a thief. He stole your clothes. But in his eyes, he's thinking, you know, I can see the beauty of the moon. I'm not attached to my clothes. I'm not attached to things like I'm, a, I'm just enjoying the experience of life. And he feels bad for the thief because he knows that the thief can't see the beauty of the moon. He can't give him the beauty of the moon. He can't give him the beauty of life. This thief is caught up in attachments and needing to steal things from under pe- from other people in order to feel fulfilled or safe or whatever it is. And Rio can instead can see that the only true attachment is to life experience. And is in non-attachment. And so that entire story just really embraces the idea of what non-attachment truly is. So how do you actually embrace non-attachment in your own life? Because we all can't be ryokans just being like naked under the moon. I mean, I really wish we could, but just naked under the moon being like, this is all I need. How exactly can you introduce this into your present day life? And First and foremost, I mean, I am, like I said, I'm still embracing this in my own life. This is just from my own sense of like reading and experience. But I highly suggest to, I'll put some books and stuff down below if you guys do want to look more into the idea of non attachment. Um, I'll leave a a lot of information down below that you can continue to do your own research. But this is what I would say. In my own life how i'm trying to embrace the idea of non-attachment and what i find is working for me so first and foremost it's the idea of being able to have a deep sense of fulfillment within and Let me start by saying that everything that I'm pretty much going to say right now is super, I mean, idealistic, right? Yeah, of course, all of us want to have a deep sense of fulfillment within. If I could just do that and snap my fingers, I would. Um, But again, this is what the root of non-attachment comes from. And another book that you should read if you get a chance is The the Courage to be Disliked because the entire idea behind that book as well really embraces non-attachment even with our pasts and turns the way that we look at life into tools that we might use in order to fulfill some sort of goal that we have, right? And sometimes we don't want to be honest about what our true goals are. So for instance, like believing that you can't be truly fulfilled is almost like a tool that you can use for yourself to stop yourself from having to put in the effort to be truly fulfilled. I know that's not going to be the case for actually everybody, but I can say that in my life and in my experience that it was definitely the case for me, you know, believing that I couldn't be truly fulfilled on my own made it easier than actually trying or doing the work that it took to be fulfilled on my own. So embracing that belief became a tool in my life. It's, it became an attachment. And so it's really, again, it's a it's not something you can just snap your fingers and feel deeply fulfilled, but it's really just kind of having the courage in moments when you catch yourself feeling unfulfilled to flip that on its head and be like, actually, it's not saying that everything right now is perfect. It's just saying that I am embracing this experience. I am not attaching to anything that isn't presently here in the moment. And for that reason, you sense that deep fulfillment wherever you are, whatever you're doing, despite the things that might need to be done, despite the things that might not have gone your way or are going your way, but it's still giving you that sense of fulfillment to think, wow, you know what? I'm just going to accept everything just as it is. Like, that's like a good place to start. Now, the only way that we can do that is with making peace with our lack of control. And this is something that I, again, find very hard and think that in today's world, again, that sounds so easy, right? Like how do we just embrace not being in control? Again, I would highly recommend to read that book, The Courage to be Disliked, because it really breaks down the idea of separating tasks. So the idea of letting go of control really just means taking responsibility for the things you do have control over and letting go your attachment to the things you don't. And this includes what people think of you, how people respond to you, or like you cannot control how you are treated, but you can control how you receive that treatment. You cannot control what happens to the world what happens to the weather what happens to what's going on like there's so much outside of our control and in attaching to believing that we can control these things we tend to put ourselves through a lot of suffering and instead if you can embrace the fact that a lot of life is outside of your control and instead it's kind of like having that courage again to step into the responsibility of feeling a deep sense of fulfillment despite the things that are going on, again, that is another route or another way to embrace the idea of non-attachment in your life. Now, the only way that we can really embrace not feeling in control is to allow ourselves to feel okay no matter what outcome comes to be. And again, very easily said, not as easily done, right? Because there are obviously a lot of outcomes that we don't want. There's gonna be a lot of outcomes that aren't ideal, But if we can open ourselves up to think, you know what, no matter whatever the outcome is, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to feel fulfilled. Not happy. It doesn't mean that you have to fake it till you make it. It just means that you're going to feel or you're going to allow life to unfold without again, taking responsibility for trying to control how it unfolds because you can't. So in releasing that ability to say like, I'm going to embrace no matter what outcome comes, then you're again embracing that idea of non-attachment in your life. Another way to embrace non-attachment into your life is to let go of the past. Super easily said than done. I know everything I'm saying right now, I know. But it's allowing your past to be what it is without attaching to it, without giving too much meaning or value to it so that it dictates your present or really kind of changes the direction or dictates the direction of your future. So again, this is something that I think we all actively want to do, but it's a lot easier said than done. Again, if you read that book, The Courage to be Disliked, then this, that book will help you very much so in this entire field of letting go of your past. It really breaks down the difference between cause and effect versus believing that we're actually driven by goals. Like we're driven by the goal to belong. And so... If you want to be able to let go of your past and embrace that idea that no matter what has happened to you in your past, it doesn't need to affect your future or affect your present moment, then I would highly recommend reading that book because there's still a lot that I want to talk about today and I could go off on so just so many wormholes on that topic. But it's, it's, again, it's allowing the present to matter the most and your experience of the present moment to be the highest priority. And what actually is the stepping grounds of where you go next, not whatever has happened in your past. Another way to embrace non-attachment in your life is to enjoy the experience of things and the purpose of things while you have them. But if they start to break down or deteriorate or fall away or let go of you or you let go of them to allow that to happen. So you can use that with relationships, you can use that with material possessions, you can use that with even just milestones or chapters of your life where you live, things like that. So a good example that I'm experiencing right now in my own life is really embracing the idea of loving toronto and allowing myself to enjoy every experience every last second that i have in toronto and then knowing that when it's time for me to pack up and go then it's time for me to pack up and go and not attach to it and instead that's going to allow me to enjoy it without allow without having it dictate how i feel when i have to leave it you know and so the only way that we can do that is by really breaking down the structure that was kind of planted in our brains at very, very young ages that we own things. So for me, I I think of, again, with the idea of Toronto, I used to think that like Toronto was such a part of my identity. Like Toronto was my city. And like when I would go traveling and stuff, I would just be so excited to be like, yeah, I'm from Toronto. Like I loved Toronto. And I, I, attached to it in that way by believing that it belonged to me. Like Toronto is a, is a part of me and doing that is attachment. So instead it's kind of allowing yourself to think like, no, Toronto belongs to itself. I'm just experiencing Toronto and I've enjoyed that experience. That's just one example of so many, but it's again, that idea of if you have a car, yes, in context and in conversation, you have a car, but it's not actually your car. It's just a car. It's a car that gives you purpose. You get to enjoy the purpose of that car or the experience of driving that car. And hopefully you enjoy the experience of taking care of that car. So you can enjoy that experience of the car even longer. But when it does eventually start to break down, when it does eventually start to wither away, then you let go of that car because you're not attached to it. It doesn't hold a piece of you. And it works in any, any kind of anything in your life, really. It's like, okay, I can enjoy this experience. And then when the experience is over, I'll know it's time to let go. And if anything, if you need like a little seed of hope with that, when you are able to do that more, like... In, in a more flow-like state, then one, of course, you're going to minimize the amount of suffering you feel from having to let go, but also two, you create space for new experiences to come into your life. So just a little nugget there of hope because nobody likes to think about, you know, having to let go of things. Truly, the biggest thing that comes from not attachment or the biggest thing that you can hold on to or anchor to if you need it is the idea of the impermanence of life and being okay with the impermanence of life. And it's a topic that nobody wants to talk about, right? Like I'm even trying to tiptoe right now around the word death. Like truly that's what it is. It's embracing the idea that life isn't permanent. And I think that we as human beings, we kind of get this sense of, you know, we think we're a little invincible when we're here. And you know that that's that saying that everybody says, where it's just like you just you never think it's going to happen to you, and usually it's it's like about things that are things that are really hard to deal with, right? But it's because we are here and we're experiencing our life and things start to fall into kind of like a routine or a regimen that we start to forget sometimes the impermanence of our lives and how without tiptoeing into that like anxious oh my gosh state but like every moment truly does matter and every present moment you're experiencing matters because it truly isn't it's here and then it's gone and that's what gives it its value that's what gives it its it's weight in experienceness and richness, because if we were able to pause a moment, then like all I can think about is like Sims, we would just be frozen and like, we wouldn't even be experiencing it, you know? So we have to embrace the idea of the impermanence of life. We have to be able to embrace the idea of death really in a lot of ways, which is terrifying. And it's terrifying because a lot of our fear-based thinking and behaviors even like the more subtle surface level ones are usually deeply rooted to the fear of death. Again, this is such an uncomfortable topic to talk about. Even saying the word death feels so heavy. And I don't know, maybe that's my Pisces showing, but it's just like nobody wants to talk about death. Nobody wants to embrace the idea of death. Nobody wants to think about their own death because it's it's scary. But if you're able to embrace the impermanence of life, the impermanence of who you are without the impermanence of your energy. I think that one is what is up to topic or debate for most people, right? It's like, okay, nobody really knows where we go. That one I'll leave for you to believe, but it's embracing the impermanence of your own sense of existence. Then you're able to kind of free yourself to really evolve and enjoy it more. Not to mention, and this is where I'm gonna get a little cosmic-y on you guys, but, and this is where everybody is subject to their own beliefs, but it really Kind of gives you a better sense of your interconnectedness to the universe and how energy plays a big role in this and how you are part of such a large tapestry of life and energy and time and so many things that have come before us and so many things that will hopefully come after us. And when you think of life that way, when you really are able to take such an objective point of view and then hold space for that sense of impermanence and hold space for even though it is impermanence, it's still part of something bigger than you. Then again, you're able to find or embrace that sense of non-attachment to the things that are in your life. So how exactly does embracing the idea of non-attachment benefit you? Because like everything we just said, it sounds like a lot of work, right? Like it doesn't sound like easy work either. So what are you going to get out of it? So, I mean, first and foremost, we can talk about the physical benefits because there are, there are physical benefits really. I mean, if you think about it, it's going to lower your state of stress. And when the lower, with lower states of cortisol in your body, the stress hormone, you're going to have less headaches. You're going to, you know, heal more. You're going to have a higher immune system or a more healthy immune system. You'll have better brain function, better digestion, All of these things come from lower stress levels, which comes from, I mean, the idea of non attachment because you're really not even attaching to your stress. So there are physical benefits, but there's so much more than that, too. I think the biggest thing that I have found in embracing a sense of non attachment is the times where I do feel like I've got it, like I've, I've I've hooked into it. Like I'm like, yes, okay. I don't. I care about things and I love things but I'm not attached to any of them it's when I make decisions from that point of view that I find that they're the most like the healthiest most evolving decisions like it really helps you make more rationalized decisions by looking at life so objectively the other huge thing that you're gonna get with embracing non attachment is a larger sense of peace and really that's where the physical benefits come from right because it's the opposite of peace is really stress so you'll have more peace in your life because you're not trying to control everything or micromanage everything or hold on to everything so tightly in fear that it's gonna go away. On top of that, when you embrace non-attachment, it really also means that you're not just not attaching to the things that you think you need, but you're also not attaching to your fears. So nothing is holding you back anymore from like getting the experience or creating the experience in your life that you want. And then when you're no longer clinging to these things, and clinging to these people and clinging to these relationships, then you're actually just left there with your truth. And I think that that's why sometimes non-attachment can feel a little scary is because we hold on to these things, whether we like to believe it or not, we attach to these things because they kind of keep us from needing to face ourselves. And maybe there's things that we're afraid to face, but when you do embrace the idea of non-attachment and you no, no longer attach to all of these things, all of these ideas, these concepts, these perspectives on life and all of that, and you really just kind of take life before what it is and in its richness in front of you, then you're left with your truth. And if you're able to do that, then you're able to stand more strong in your truth, which is so empowering. Now, I've already mentioned a few times today that this is like working a muscle, right? It's not something you can just master overnight. But the other great thing is that when you're working that muscle, the resistance that comes from having to stop yourself from attaching, from having to reinforce this perspective on life and in this truth and this virtue that or this value, you're going to help yourself grow and evolve. You're going to really just, it just up that level like your soul is just going to keep glowing up and glowing up and glowing up. And like I said, like this isn't the idea of pushing things away. This isn't to say you're not supposed to love, that you're not supposed to care, that you're not supposed to own things or have possessions or it's not saying to push things away or to like push feelings away or to be like when you feel them come up to just be like no and like numb that out because that is really that's where that the uh, I hate this term, but like kissing cousins of like not caring versus non-attachment because it can get a little iffy there because you might sense yourself being like, okay, like I need to not attach. I just don't care. But it's not that at all. Instead, it's just like when you feel that happening and you feel that sense of like, oh, I need to not attach. Instead, this is... Kind of a conundrum, and maybe this is totally wrong, but it works for me is to look at it through the lens of instead, I'm just going to attach to the experience, which I know we're talking about non attachment, but if I feel like that has been my little loophole or my little wormhole when I catch myself going up into that, like, okay, like I feel like I care too much about something or whatever, whatever. Instead, I'm just like, how can I just embrace the experience of whatever this thing is making me feel? Or how do I just stay curious about life without needing it to turn out any kind of way? How can I just feel this moment in its full pureness and rawness without feeling like I need to tweak it or need wish I had something else for it? You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, how can I instead attached to the present moment, which helps me not attach to all of the things that I feel I'm very habitually and customized since I was very young to attach to because I'm really trying to go against my own nature for so long. There are a few things that I want to discuss in this whole non-attachment because like I said, obviously this sounds so nice, right? But there are Fundamental things that go on in our lives that we need to keep and one of them is goals. So like how do you? Embrace the idea of non attachment in your life, but also have goals and I know for me I need goals in my life if I don't have goals I feel like I'm not working towards something or like I don't have I lose my sense of drive if I don't feel like I have a goal and that's why I feel like I've always had like 12 goals on the board at all times, but the sweet thing about non attachment and really the beauty behind non-attachment, the concept that comes to mind really is like, you know, the saying, if you shoot for the moon, you'll you'll land among the stars. So that again is the idea of non-attachment with goals. So you might have a goal to land on the moon, but if you focus on your process of getting to the moon, then it stops being about the moon and it starts being about the journey that way. And then that way, if you land amongst the stars, you're still like, what a wicked ride. So when the goal is no longer outcome oriented, the process of working towards that goal becomes your sense of success. So even as you work towards that goal, if that goal ends up changing or shifting in some way or you end up with a different outcome than you originally intended upon, then you still are successful because it was never really about the outcome you were going to get from the goal to begin with. It was more about the experience of going for that goal. So embracing the idea of non-attachment with your goals really kind of means you're embracing the idea of non-failure. If you know that you're showing up every day through your intentions and with your values as you work towards something, then you feel that sense of fulfillment and you're focusing on the process of what you're doing and how you're doing something rather than what it's giving you or what outcome it's going to get you. And doing that is going to give you success in embracing goals and in choosing goals for yourself that are actually in alignment with what you truly want to be doing every day. I mean, all I can think about as well is, I think it was in the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, where he says, it's Mark Manson, the writer, he says something along the lines of, for the longest time he thought he wanted to be a famous singer and he would picture himself with like on stadiums or filling out stadiums and just singing his heart out and like the crowd going wild, but he never actually wanted to do band practice or singing lessons or learn how to play the guitar. He just wanted that feeling of standing in a full packed out stadium as a famous singer. Right. And same thing with like, if you, if you think about wanting to be a marathon runner. And it's like, Oh, I want to run a marathon. But if you don't want, or if you don't enjoy the process of training for a marathon, then why even run a marathon? Like you're not really getting anything out of it. So again, it's that whole idea is like, if you focus on making your goals process oriented rather than outcome oriented, you're going to feel so much more happy and fulfilled, but it's also going to embrace that idea of non-attachment but still being able to set goals for yourself and have dreams. Okay, so the other thing that is part or a fundamental part of our lives is love and relationships. And so another question that I, I had when I first started getting into non-attachment and reading like the Yoga Sutras, it was, okay, but what about love like i'm natural i'm a natural born lover okay so i'm like how do i embrace non attachment but i don't want to let go of love and the, again very simple answer to this embracing non-attachment with love and relationships does not mean that you don't open yourself up to love or connections it's actually the complete opposite of this it is true unconditional love And it's loving without the need for somebody to behave a certain way, to be a certain way, or to have any expectations really of that person. It's allowing them to grow, allowing them to make their own decisions, allowing them to change even if they want to. And that kind of love is hard. And that's why normally we only really give that love to people that we're related to by blood because it's our blood that keeps us connected even as we shift and change. And thus we say like, we're gonna love you anyway because we're family, right? And so instead when you love freely, which is a very, difficult or can be a very difficult thing to do. It can be, it doesn't have to be, but it can be because it's very, it's a very vulnerable state of love, but it's only vulnerable again if you're attaching to needing their love in return. All I can think about, like a perfect example of this is my dad. I was very, very lucky to feel that sense of love from my dad and always remember him saying like, do whatever you need to that's going to make you happy. Like if we wanted to try karate, he'd put us in karate. If we wanted to do dance, he'd put us in dance. And it was always like no matter what you feel like you need to explore, no matter who you are, I'm going to love you anyways. And that was a very 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 like first of all, very healthy strong thing to feel at a very young age, but also too, it gave me the sense to feel like I could evolve and grow and get curious about life and try on different hats and try on different styles and different dreams and see what fits and what didn't because it was never like my choice needed to mirror one of my dad's or that I needed his approval of what I was interested in in order to get his love. That's unconditional love. I'm going to love you no matter who you become, no matter what you do. This is not to say that You would give this love to somebody who hurts you. Like you also need to be able to have your own boundaries of respect, but it's not saying like, I need you to love me this way. Otherwise I can't love you. It's loving people while allowing them to follow their own path to be their own person. Again, it kind of ties back into that. You own nothing. Like you are not mine. I am not yours. even my dad. It's like, yes, I say my dad, but my dad, belongs to himself. And same with vice versa. I'm his daughter, but I belong to me. And allowing people and respecting people enough to think like you get to do you and I'm going to love you anyways. It's not an easy thing to do, but that's the kind of unconditional love that comes from non-attachment. So to summarize all of the things we're really talking about today, non-attachment is really taking back the responsibility for your own happiness. Again, in that book, The Courage to be disliked one of the sentences that I'll never forget was, and I I posted it to my Instagram stories, but it was when the philosopher says to the student, um, you have to have the courage to be happy. And the students kind of like the courage to be happy. And he's like, yes, like it's the courage in order to embrace life for what it is in order to not need anything to be different and to just be able to be happy. Even if things aren't fully completed or done or in your life in the way that you thought or wanted them to be. It's really not allowing your happiness to hold any kind of weight in other people or in even experiences that you're not having or in things. And instead, it's taking back that responsibility that your happiness is yours. It's not broken up into all of these little pieces and given out to other things and people because you cannot control other things and people. And when we do try to control other things and people, And a lot of the times it's very subconscious. It's not like we consciously are like, I'm trying to control you, but it's, it's really just having expectations. So when you do have expectations on the way that life's supposed to unfold, experiences are supposed to be, or things that you feel like you need or people that you feel like you need them to behave a certain way or love you a certain way, then we really just kind of make ourselves miserable. So it's letting go of those expectations and taking the responsibility back to feel fulfilled with ourselves. And I'll come back to, I keep coming back to in my brain, the Zen master. It's like he was just naked under the moon and he was like, he just got stolen from. And he was just like, I feel bad for that guy because he knows the thief can't see the beauty of life. And instead that's what he's attached to is the beauty of the moon. But again, he's not even attached to it because he knows the impermanence of the moon. You know, it's just like embracing that idea that You. it's up to you to have the courage to be happy. And in order to do that, it's attaching to the experience of love, the experience of relationships, of friendships, the experience of... like, It's not like you can't have nice things, but it's being able to enjoy the purpose of those nice things and the experience of those nice things without actually attaching or needing those nice things to give you a sense of validation or like in a fear-like state or a lack state or scarcity state of thinking that it's either going to take, be taken away from you or that you don't deserve it. It's like, again, it's not attaching to any of those things and instead embracing the experience of life. And again, I want to re-emphasize that this isn't the idea that you're not allowed to be loved or cared for either because yes, you can be loved and yes, you can be cared for, but it's taking the responsibility of your own sense of fulfillment away from always needing those things or really needing those things to begin with so that you can enjoy them when they're happening, but also know that it's down to like, uh, it's almost like everything that is outside of your soul, you let just happen. And if it's good or if it's enjoyable, then you enjoy it. And when it goes, when it comes, it comes. And when it goes, it goes, but you and your soul are just on this journey and you're just curious and staying open and experiencing it and not, and no longer giving little pieces of your soul away or needing other pieces of things to reflect back your soul in order to feel safe, secure, and fulfilled. Now, it's an uncomfortable idea to embrace the idea of non-attachment. And if and when you do or if you have, then you probably already know this, but it really kind of gives you that sense that you're out of control with your life. And I feel like that's the chapter I've been in is the idea of feeling like, okay, I'm embracing the idea of non-attachment. I'm trying to learn more about it. I'm trying to remain a student. I'm trying to remain curious. I'm trying to just enjoy experiences without needing things to go any kind of way. And I think we can all agree that 2020 is a pretty hard year to do that because so much has gone on this year. But it really will kind of give you that sense of like, ah, I feel so out of control. But that's a good sign. That means you're, you're on the right path because it's also kind of exhilarating because then you get these moments of freedom these moments of bliss you feel that muscle getting stronger that non-attachment muscle and I feel like up until 2020 I was in such a weird limbo state and I've talked about it a few times but I've had so many bliss points in 2020 despite all the stuff going on like I've had so many just like little moments where I feel a true sense of freedom and a true sense of just like joy and fulfillment and just like and it's not coming from like, oh, I needed this and I got it or whatever. It's kind of just again, feeling like I feel so out of control and I'm like, it'll literally happen. I'll be in the middle of freaking out about something or like catching myself worrying about something. And then when I catch it, I've kind of like, like, that's the trigger where I'm like, oh, okay. I'm attaching. What am I attaching to? And I kind of go through that little process. And then it's like, then you can relax into it. Then I like, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm caring way too much about this. Let's go for a walk. And then I go for a walk and I'm like looking at the trees and then I'm like, I feel free. And that is coming from again, working out that non-attachment muscle. It's uncomfortable, but it's exhilarating because you hit these moments where you feel yourself align and it clicks and it all makes sense all of a sudden. And then you're just like, I love life. And then you sense that sense of attachment again, and then it's like continuing to work on that muscle. So really in essence, letting go of attachments and letting go of control in your life is truly what gives you the control back over your own life and happiness. And I know again, that sounds, it sounds kind of confusing, but it's like, if you stop trying to control everything else, then you put the power back in your own hands in order to It's really down to the decision of: Do I have the courage to be fulfilled right now? Do I have the courage to find things or to feel happy? And I know that that's again, it's kind of a hard thing to do with everything going on this year. And I'm very aware of that. And I'm not not trying to discredit that or uh, desensitize that in any way. It's really just those things are going to go on no matter what. And all the things going on in this world. It's like, yes, let's do our part. Let's stand up. I'm also working on a program right now with Coase where eventually I might be able to actually help you one-on-one with more of like a kind of like a life coaching in a sense, um, in order to embrace change in your life or embrace whoever you are and find your own path. And we would talk about things like non-attachment, but again to like, I'll leave so much information down below and when that program does Begin to, I, I need to do like a test around, so there'll be that. But then once that starts to unfold as well, that's something that if you're ever interested in, you could do. Just a thought. Um, and I'll let you guys know when information about that is available and ready for you to know. But I, everything else, like I'll leave books that I've read, I'll leave people that I like to follow and things like that down below that really, even if they don't like actively talk about non-attachment every day, it's like you can tell that the philosophy is there behind non-attachment. Um and yeah, I'll leave that information down below if it's something you guys want to research more into. But it's it's a really cool concept. I really do think it is a way to find a true sense of freedom in life. And in order to have that courage to be happy, have that courage to take on full responsibility for ourselves and how we feel and who we are in our life experience and then embrace that impermanence and embrace change, that we can really like find that sense of freedom and find that sense of joy and being able to hold space for these little moments in our lives that kind of become the big moments. So, there you guys have it. That's my coffee talk for the day. I hope you guys enjoyed. If you have read any of the books I talked about today or have done any kind of research into non-attachment, have any personal stories about it. I love reading the comment section all the time on all the coffee talks because everybody is, this community is just so like empowering, but also everybody writes back to one another and shares stories. And it's just like, it fills my heart. So if you guys want to feel free to leave those down below. And aside from that, I'll talk to all of you guys in the next coffee talk podcast. Bye guys.